In improvisational theatre, there's an adage that says make your partner look good. In leadership and business relationships, this means you can make personal interactions a win-win situation for both you and your colleagues. Welcome to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Speaking with guests and listeners like you, Amy uses her wisdom and wit, leading you along the road to success. Now, here's your host, Amy Carroll. Welcome, everyone, to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I'm delighted to be your host and excited to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. This is the 68th episode of my show, Partner Up with Amy Carroll. If you want to find out more about me, what the show is about, feel free to listen to previous episodes on my website, carolcoaching.com, or go directly to the voiceamerica.com business channel. Feel free to download the app or you just tune in using your favorite podcast app. If you missed last week's show, I chatted with my social media gal and communication compadre, Talitha V. We jumped into part two of our discussion focused on the life-changing book, Boundary Boss by Terry Cole. Yes, there was so much juicy information that we had to go back and record a second show. So be sure to check that out from December 10th. And today, my guest is Denise Nickerson. Welcome, Denise. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Yeah, and I I was noticing you were making a note. Have you heard of that book, Boundary Boss? I have not, and I definitely wrote it down. I always love a good book recommendation. Well, after you finish reading it, tell me about it, because uh, another woman other than ourselves, she described it also as life-changing. Oh, great. I can't wait. Yeah. So now, listeners, Denise and I, we met, um, thanks to Denise's memory, 2015 (laughs) at the WIN conference in Rome. Yes. And listeners, the things you want to know about Denise, she is a Fulbright scholar, author, TEDx speaker, and community leader. And we're going to talk about her TEDx talk during the show. She's an education expert, and she's been a speaker in more than 300 universities and schools in over 30 countries. Co-founder of the SALT Consulting and Communications, the Integrity System, which is an online training program that teaches self-coaching and decision-making. And listeners, not to worry, I'm definitely going to be asking Denise about this. Denise has a multidisciplinary master's degree in education and vocational psychology. She's passionate about diversity, equity, inclusion, and believes fiercely in the need for a sustainable economy. Amen. And the practical application of feminism to benefit humankind and the planet. Double amen. I oh. love that, Denise. Nice to start off with some amens. Thank right? you. <laughs> Preach it, girl. <laughs> Denise coaches talent. That is change makers in the private sector, thought leaders, authors, artists, scientists, NGOs, and UN organizations. And she's the co-founder of Women Rock Switzerland, which is a community of more than 11,000 women representing over 85 nationalities, where inspiration, Conscious leadership and the economic empowerment for women is modeled through grassroots action, meaningful networking, skills upleveling, mentorship, and community. Denise is most excited about her launch of her upcoming 12 week group coaching cohort, Integrity Works, where the participants can join a community of growth inspired individuals ready to integrate, explore, and test proven self coaching techniques to help them navigate any change or opportunity. And So cool that the first cohort launches in January, January 17th, to be precise, 2022. 
That's right. So excited. Oh my gosh, I bet. So Denise, I want to launch into the questions because I've got quite a few of them. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're originally from Atlanta, Georgia. And as I understand it, you came to France on a Fulbright Fulbright scholarship. I did. You had in the what's that? Nineteen hundreds. My my kids like to tease me in the olden days. (laughs) (laughs) You had already gotten your French nationality before meeting your soon-to-be Frenchman husband. Then your two daughters, Mia and Livia. How old are your daughters? I am a proud mom of two teenage girls. They are 13 and 16 years old right now. Fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They must be amazing recipients of all that you learn and do. And then I suspect that you probably, you know, it goes both ways. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And they're growing up in such an international environment uh, in the Geneva area. And they have incredible friends from around the world. They go to a hybrid public private school and they have a bilingual program and wow. Yeah. They're, they're amazing, amazing people. You know, having worked for some of the top universities and institutions in Paris and you've traveled the world, I'd like to know what would you say are some of the top lessons from those early years that informed your work today as an author, education expert, coach, and community leader. And let's just throw in mom while we're at it. Yeah, actually, I think a lot of what I learned from the early years of my career, which really started in Paris, um, helped me be a more patient mom because Mm -hmm. I'm not a patient person. Mm -hmm. I like to be very busy and very active and travel Mm -hmm. all the time. And I think when it's it's called settling down for a reason, (laughs) Um, I married late in life and had my, my kids here in the Geneva area. And I think there are times when you have to sit with a child and you have to be still. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would tell myself, it's fine. I've already been to Bulgaria. Um, <laughs> I would kind of relive that. I think that there were, there were deeper learnings as well. I, I often think of the book by Virginia Woolf, A Room of One's Own. Mm -hmm. Um, just having some years to myself for myself to live on my own and try to take care of my own life and learn how to be an adult Um, and had had a a lot of adventures. I was really lucky in that I had jobs in my passion area of education, but was also paid to travel the world. Wow. (laughs) So that was great fun. And Paris was home base. So also coming back home was great fun. I had a lot of freedom and a lot of time to get to know myself. And I think that that helps as a coach and helps me personally in my life. I I don't have a victim mindset. I really have a strong sense that I'm choosing my life. Yeah. So, and obviously we can't choose all of our circumstances, but I think that um, I really own my choices a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I'm going to be encouraging my daughters to have some travel and some freedom and some independence uh, when they finish school. When I was a kid growing up, my mom read an article and I come from a big family. So my older siblings were experimenting, experimented on, and then I benefited from their knowledge. (laughs) And my mom learned, read this article about how it's really powerful to take a year off between high school and higher education. And so she pitched this idea to my brother, Kevin, who did that. And then by the time I came around, I was like, Hey, that's a great idea. Plus, at the time, I wasn't even sure I was going to go to university. And so, yeah, it was an amazing experience. I got to work at a ski 
camp in Maine and uh, on a dude ranch in Wyoming. Yeah. Very experiences. Yeah. So it's really wonderful to hear that you are going to advocate for your daughters and encourage them to do that. I had a big adventure during high school. I got to be uh, for a very short period of time, an exchange student in Russia and and it kind of, (laughs) yeah, it was a big, intense experience. And I, it definitely marked my memory and uh, and impacted me. And mm-hmm. I think that I think we are impacted by our families. My yeah. mom was a flight attendant in the 1960s. Oh my gosh! She didn't have the financial means to travel the world on her own. So she and her best friend were working in, as bank tellers, and they said, "Let's become flight attendants." And they traveled the world. She was able to bring her mother to Europe. And I think she just put this spirit of adventure in me at a very young age. What a great scam. (laughs) (laughs) I can't afford it myself, so I'm going to get someone to pay me to do it. And you sort of said that's how, when you were in Paris, it was a similar experience. I really did. I was was a representative for the American University of Paris, and they sent me to Mm. schools and universities all over the world to represent them and and bring students back and and network with professors and parents and schools. It was really wonderful job to have in my twenties. That's amazing. And you talked about experiences that mark us when I was 15, we, my family moved from New York where I grew up to Chicago. So in the, in the middle of the school year. So it was a little bit right in the middle of your teenage years too. Yeah. And I had been like, I don't know, president of my youth group or something. And I was like, when they first told me we were moving, I said, oh, well, that's nice. Have fun. I'll be here. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And luckily, I had about nine months between the time they pitched the idea and the time it actually happened that by the time we got there, and then it looked like it wasn't going to happen. I'm like, well, what do you, I've told everyone oh, wow. I'm moving. <laughs> so it was fascinating to see how my brain was able to adjust to this new opportunity and then get excited about it. And then the other thing I want to tell you about was how when we finally did move, the experience was so positive for me that when I was thinking about moving to Europe, my little naive brain said, well, moving to Chicago was really fun. So I'm, I guess moving to Switzerland will be fun too. <laughs> Luckily it was, though um, it was interesting how I took that first experience, luckily, so that was so positive and it encouraged me to do it again. Yeah, I think that they really mark us. And and my kids have had them already. They had a friend from Spain who moved back to Spain and they spent a week with her practicing their Spanish with a great mom. She's a scientist, but she would make them say sentences in Spanish before they got their breakfast cereal. And so there are just by nature of of being in Switzerland, I think we're really lucky with the diversity here and all the experiences that we can have. So I try to keep learning um, as an adult and keep enjoying the the impact of those positive experiences. Mm. It's like the positive framing in your in your book. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, so I um, have to congratulate you because your TEDx talk was fabulous. Well, thank you. And you just did this recently, if I understand correctly. That was in May. The event was in May okay, so of just this year. And uh, it was kind of a funny experience for me because of course, I uh, one of my passions, I really love public speaking. Mm-hmm. And as I started out as a teacher and I have a limited experience as a professor, I really like seeing the faces, reading the emotions. I like getting laughs. I like all of that. Right. And I, I got invited to um, to give a TEDx talk in COVID times Yeah. in a, in a studio. The, yeah. camera, the cameraman wasn't even in the room with me. I was alone <laughs> in a dark room 
And next door, there was a guy operating the cameras and, and the computer. So I was all by myself. Oh, no. And I really had to call up all the people that I care about and imagine them. Um, so it was a big challenge for me. It wasn't the TEDx experience I was expecting. No. Um, it, was a, it was a special one in the context of these, these times, these COVID-19 times. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad you I'm glad you liked it. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> so listeners, you're going to want to check it out. It's called Radical Inclusion to Humanize Digital Spaces, which, you know, like I said, I really enjoyed it and such an important topic. The ideas you outlined, especially the habits you talked about to promote radical inclusion. So here is my question. Okay. What is like, what are one, two actions that you would say leaders and community managers can do today to help foster the sense of inclusion on their teams and when collaborating across digital spaces? I think that um, there has to be something that feels good. We're all tired of being only online and not seeing each other in person. Um, I have that personal preference with my experience with education. So things have to feel good and we have to intentionally make sure that they do and not have too much action bias or lose uh, too much of our humanity in the name of efficiency yeah. or saving time. So we do need to invest in relationships, good news, um, sharing values, positive reminders, not sugarcoating. Obviously, we do need to discuss hard things and we need to just get work done in online. Right. Um, so I think that injecting something positive, creating psychological safety yes. through anti-sexist, anti-racist policies, yeah. that kind of thing. Inclusion inf- also involves including shy people. Yeah. Um, so making sure there's a balance or giving people opportunities to, to not only be in large groups in digital yeah. spaces. Yeah. And, um, and then for our own mental health, I think my number one tip is take, if you can't wait 10 seconds, take a whole breath. Um, we are moving between digital spaces so quickly. And mm. in the past, even if we were in the same office building, we would at least have to walk down a hall to a meeting room. Yeah. And we really had this transition time that whether we were conscious of it or not, our bodies knew it. And we can use so much from our five senses that we're, we're numbing out and dumbing out by not taking a pause mm-hmm. and considering um I exaggerate it when I talk about it with people. Consider every new digital space to be a different country. I wouldn't wear the oh. same dress in Paris that I would wear in Dubai. Mm. I I, um, I wouldn't have the same hand gestures in China that I would in the United States. And mm. so to kind of use our cross-cultural knowledge to go, oh, yeah, yeah. this is a different country. This is a new digital space, uh, whether it's from a peer colleague switching to a meeting with your boss or mm-hmm. a large meeting to a conference to something for online learning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. And, you know, I, I think about uh, the U.S. Surgeon General. Um, I recently listened to an interview that he did, and he is a kind, gentle human being. And this is something, you know, about the health and mental health of young people in particular is one of his um, areas of focus right now. And talking about the online space, and you know, you you use that expression psychological safety. Mm-hmm. To I like how you take that to apply it to the digital world because we often just think about that in face to face encounters, and that concretely examples of how to do that are to speak out against unacceptable comments, posts holding people accountable. 
you know, saying that's not okay to, to be the um, bystander, the proactive bystander who yeah. speaks up on behalf of others. Well, the, the, the bystander doesn't do anything usually. So it's more the witness, the active witness Thank you. that, yeah, the active that I, witness. Thank you. Yeah. That you can, um, you can make people feel safe without attacking someone else. Yeah. You can, you can put forth good ideas about, oh, well, let's, let's be more conscious about that. Or have you read this? Or you, you can put forward ideas and, um, I'm I'm a pretty extroverted person, but I've been a community leader online for more than a decade. And I think there are a lot of introverts and there yeah. are participants who are participating online without making a sound, without typing a comment. They're just watching mm -hmm. yeah. and we need to invite them in and we need to reach them as well. And so if mm -hmm. somebody, if, if something goes down and can be handled in a diplomatic way, I know, for example, that you you know quite a lot about nonviolent communication. Mm -hmm. And if we can apply that in our interactions online, miracles can happen. Beautiful. I um, I had somebody who didn't agree with me politically, but I've known her since elementary school. So she's on my Facebook and she made, made some comments that shocked a lot of my current friends, different viewpoints. Mm -hmm. And I just asked her, you know, something, or I was trying to use the nonviolent communication that I've learned. Mm -hmm. And um the situation went in a nicer direction. That that's all fine. I don't need to be best friends with her. I'm delighted to have her in my life. I've known her since elementary school and, and we're Facebook friends. We don't agree on most things. <laughs> but what I got later was I got comments and private messages from other people saying, how did you do that? Because we're in such a divisive time, we're in this cancel yes. culture, we're in this, you have the, you say a dumb thing, I'm done with you. Yes. Um, and the other place I'm noticing it come up is if there, if I'm doing any trainings on race and ethnicity. Yeah. And, uh, and there are people of privilege, maybe white men or people mm -hmm. who haven't been in a diverse environment. Um expressing human concerns like I'd like to be able to compliment a woman on her dress. And mm. We can't even have the conversation about maybe your colleague would like to become complimented for her work or her expertise mm. unless people are willing to, to be in that awkward space together. Yeah. And I need, I'm sure I say the wrong thing sometimes in digital spaces and I need space to learn and grow my consciousness to be curious. And I want other people to do the same. Um, and in that way, digital spaces can become healing. Yes. Instead of harming, because there's, there is research, you know, showing about higher rates of anxiety and depression from spending too much yeah. time on this platform or that platform yeah. or online. And we are, we're smart people. We're human beings. We can strategize. And so we can just choose how we use um, the way we choose how we use alcohol or sugar or money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can choose how we use digital spaces to promote health. Yeah. And to promote healing, to promote happiness, yeah. to promote innovation, to promote, I'm just so excited about the potential for the future of work um, that uh, people who didn't feel they could, they could contribute professionally or intellectually, yeah. they can totally do that now because of the, the time-space continuum is different and part-time mm -hmm. work. I'm, I'm really excited about the possibilities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I like how you, to heal instead of hurt. And yeah. that's a, well done that you <laughs> used you. the NVC that you know, um, and it transformed that situation that people observed it and, and it looked like magic to them. And in fact, you it's were just, just applying. Yeah, it's yeah. a technique. Yes. Yeah. Anybody yeah. can learn it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes me so excited about the work I do is it's, you know, when I apply the skills, I get my ego out of the way, magic happens. Yeah. <laughs> Before I, we leave this topic, um, 
Is there something specific being also a major extrovert myself to help more introverted people to, to engage? It, do you have a specific recommendation? Um, I have a lot of experience in Facebook groups mm-hmm. and I find creating a structure really gets the introverts involved. Mm-hmm. Instead of having an open forum that says, sure, you can promote your stuff here. Mm-hmm. I might say uh, for this whole week, please highlight a blog article you wrote. And that way, all the people can write, I wrote this blog article and I wrote this one. And as soon as 10 are up, then 100 introverts will follow and they'll share about their blog article. So so creating structure and meaning, making it recognizable and easy in the chaos of the internet. Yeah. Um, oh, that's one of those posts. Oh, another blog article. Mm. What's it about? That's one way that I have mm-hmm. I've been able to invite introverts in. Um, and then there's a, a, something that Michelle Giuliano and I use in our coaching that we'll be using in our online program. And we've used it in a lot of companies. Um, and I used it for two workshops recently just to give people a taste of what it's like. We, I, Because I come from an academic background, I love to do specific surveys. And we have surveys that we can do anonymously and leave text boxes. So we can show people aggregated data so they don't feel alone. But it, everybody's sharing. And because they know it's anonymous, sometimes they'll share a story in a text box, a question, uh-huh. and then you can coach a whole group of people online. Nobody's called out because the text will have been pre-anonymized by the whoever wrote it. I won't uh-huh. know who it is. And then I re-anonymize. And then we can deal with a coaching issue. Somebody live on the call can get their answer. And the 10 people who are too shy to ask that question also get a bonus yeah. and 10 other people get a warning to watch out for that situation. So yeah. I, I use those kinds of tools to get introverts involved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's what I, that's what they thank me for. And they thank privately, they write me yes, privately, the shy yeah, yeah. people, but they say, Oh, that really helped in this. Mm-hmm. And, and so I also take the feedback I've got, you've got to be mm-hmm. when you're community leading or leading any meeting, I don't care if it's two people or 2000 people, mm-hmm. you've got to listen to everybody yeah. and some find a way to invite everybody to participate. You can't force people, no. but, but that, those are some ways that I've invited people in. Yeah. Oh, that's great. You earlier, you mentioned the word privilege. And as you know, I talk um, occasionally on about the topic of privilege with some of my guests mm-hmm. and I've seen that you write and speak about conscious leadership. And I know that you give all kinds of workshops to help organizations improve culture, conversations, practicing around diversity, equity, and inclusion. So in your work with leaders, how do you address privilege and what is the link to conscious leadership? So I basically link the two through your personal power. Um, The famous quote by Roosevelt, I think it was from 1905 about do what you can with what you have from where you are. Is that it? I wrote it down. Not exactly. Do what you can with what you have where you are. (laughs) That's the quote. Do what you can with what you have with where Where, you are. Uh Where you are. And that has to do with growing consciousness about your own privilege. Yes. So first you have to notice, oh, I have privilege. Because you can go about your day um, and not really be aware of how much privilege you actually have. That's right. And so once you're conscious, then you can use it to do good in the world. It's it's a force, it's a power and you can use it. And I think you should use it. If you have any privilege, you should apply it to invite others in, to include and to make change. Um, And so for me, the consciousness, it starts with consciousness of self-consciousness of how much privilege do I have? Yeah. Then there's consciousness about the emotional response. I was um, 
speaking with a, a really intelligent leader, white guy, um, who is annoyed with other people's privilege. It just causes him annoyance. And so we were working on that to, to say, no, 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 you don't need to be annoyed. Be thankful you've noticed yeah. that they have privilege yeah. because you yeah. could say, hey, dude, you got some privilege. What are you going to yeah. do with it? And yeah. to kind of diffuse that frustration, I guess, that he was running into. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was so, I complimented him. I said, it's so nice to... Uh, to meet a white guy who's frustrated about that. And, right. <laughs> but he got kind of stuck because then he didn't know what to do next. Yeah. And, and that was obviously resolved in three minutes. Once you're aware of your own privilege, you're aware of the privilege of others. Obviously, of course, you're, you might be angry. There's in, plenty of injustice in the world, yes. but we can't stop there with our right. anger and our frustration. Or there, I, I'm very sensitive. It would devastate me. Yeah, I, it would. Um, so instead we have to transform that into personal power and say, how am I going to use my privilege? This is what I got. What am I going to do with it? And then how can I influence others who maybe have more privilege than me? Mm -hmm. What are they going to do with it? And then how can I create new avenues so that my voice can be heard? Mm -hmm. And I can't, I can't do it if I haven't been making way for other people. Yeah. I, I can't. So I, I always have to say, design something that involves many voices before I will go forward. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm here with you because you've brought forward, I think you said this is the 68th episode. You're you're lifting up a lot of different voices. And that's, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. You know, we're going to go take a break in a minute. And before we do, when you were talking about privilege, I talk in my classes and we generate a list of privileges. So Mm -hmm. let's just between the two of us, let's see how Mm -hmm. many we can name before um, in the next 20 seconds. That we have? Yeah. Uh, no, um, that we can think of. So race, gender, race. religion, um, religion, financial, money, education, uh, education, height, perceived yes. physical attractiveness. Yeah. Ability. Bodiedness. Mm-hmm. Yep. Neurodiversity. If you're neurodiversity, thank you. IQ. Yeah. IQ. Mm-hmm. Um, shyness level. Uh, your perceive your sexual pre- orient- orientation or preference. Shyness mm-hmm. level. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of great people suffering in shyness. The world's missing out on their brilliance. Right, right. There's a great (laughs) book that I uh, read called, oh, maybe I'll think of it out over the break. It's a fantastic book about introverts. Um, So before uh, we do take the break, I'm going to listeners, if you want to reach out to Denise and connect with her, you can go directly to her website, www.salt.consulting. And listeners, if you're ready to take your superhero partner powers into the next decade, join me for my online leadership presence course. You'll find details on my website, carolcoaching.com. When we come back from break, we'll be hearing more from Denise. So stay tuned. You're listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you have colleagues, family members, or neighbors that just drive you crazy sometimes? Do you occasionally find yourself feeling disrespected, mistreated, or annoyed by others? As a no-nonsense communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, Amy Carroll may have a solution for you. For over 35 years, Amy has studied status and power dynamics, what sabotages relationships, results, and how to get desired outcomes in business and personal interactions. Make Your Partner Look Good is a philosophy from improvisational theatre, as well as Amy's favourite mantra. 
For the last 20 years, she has been using her superhero powers to inspire individuals and multinationals around the globe to transform their communication and tap into their own partner powers. With concrete behavior changes in voice, body language, words, and attitude, Amy shows clients what to keep and what to change to get more of what you want more often with less hassle. Visit carolcoaching.com today. That's C-A-R-R-O-L-L coaching.com. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you. Feel free to send an email to amy at carolcoaching.com. Now, back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy. Welcome back. My guest today is Denise Nickerson, author, speaker, community leader, education expert, and much more. We've been discussing about how privilege can impact um, people's lives and how we can use our privilege and invite others to use their privilege to be even more powerful in our role as a conscious leader. Now, Denise, you know from being a super connector and a practical feminist that you have, I I know that you have these five-minute favors or some of the initiatives you've launched with the 11,000 plus member community you founded Women Rock Switzerland, which I'm just, it's just such a delightful group to observe and read and engage with. What are some of the, tell us first about the five minute favors and then share with me some of the goals of Women Rock Switzerland. Well, I, there was, I, I can't think of the researcher right now, but there was some research done about five minute favors. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that came out of it that touched me the most is that when we do a favor for someone else, we become bonded to that person and we become invested in their success. And so coming from a background in teaching, I was surrounded with people like that. Of course, we want to help everyone and we want to help every person learn and help everyone. And and I do think educators become bonded to their students. And in in all walks of life, in international organizations, sports organizations, corporates, multinationals, doing a five-minute favor doesn't really cost you anything and it can really help you. And it can definitely help the person who receives the favor. So teams who do favors for each other are generally happier and they have more trust on the team. So we have in our online communities, all kinds of ways people can do five minute favors for one another. Okay. Any, anything from a woman who says, oh, my photo is up on this contest. It, it's going to win if it gets the most likes. And I'm hoping that several thousand women from the community will then go to that website and click those likes. Um, uh-huh. It doesn't cost you anything, but it can yeah. really change the life of that woman and her, yeah. her photograph. Um, a woman in the group recently expressed her fear of doing videos. She has a brewery and uh, she she wanted to do some educational videos about beer, but she, she wasn't sure about how she could take it. If somebody made a comment about her, maybe being a female brewer, it's a sexist profession. I don't really know, but everybody rallied around to kind of boost her up and encourage her. And we all went and looked at her video and it's in a language I don't speak, but I watched the video and gave her feedback on uh-huh. it. So that didn't take long. I can't do five-minute favors every day for 11,000 people. So we're trying to build a culture where everybody's doing five-minute favors for everybody else. Um, 
and in that way, we, we're all doing better. <laughs> we're every, and, and I think that lots of digital communities can, can do that and do that. Nice. Uh, we, we have other initiatives that take a bit more time than five minutes. We had a reverse mentoring program where younger members mentored older members on social media and technology. Oh, hello. <laughs> Oh, well, we'll do it again. It was, it was very (laughs) successful and very nice friendships developed and, uh, and progress was made. So I really liked seeing that happen. Um, All of this was volunteer and non-funded at the time. Um, We have the WRS 1 million initiative with 10,000 members. We actually have more, we have 11,000, but if everybody paid a hundred francs to a woman entrepreneur, bought something they needed, got a service, got a haircut, had bought a painting, whatever, whatever they need, money they would have spent anyway. It puts a million francs in women's hands. Wow. And so we did that last year. We said, let's put a million francs in women's hands. Let's spend a hundred francs. Yeah, that you would spend it. anyway. I, of right. course, am super ambitious and I think we need to go to 10 million, but we really want the economy to be boosted in Switzerland among these international women and right. innovators. Uh, we have the Her Coffee initiative. That one doesn't take much longer than five minutes. That's an active listening program which was launched, it was created before the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. uh, we had several events lined up and it transformed into 50 digital events on the day. And the Her Coffee Initiative is about um, listening to a woman with active listening for 10 whole minutes. (laughs) And that means you can have a coffee date with a man and a woman, but the man just needs to listen while they have their coffee. Mm -hmm. If you have two women, you might take 20 minutes. One woman Mm -hmm. gets a chance, but active listening without interruption. Right. Um, and that, that was a great start. We'd like that to spread all around the world. So it can be her tea, her water, her coffee. We don't care. What we care about is people taking a break together and listening to a woman. You know, it makes me think of, um, I can't remember what country it's in where maybe you came across it, uh, like grandmothers sitting on park benches and they're there to be a listening ear for oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Isn't that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very touching. Oh, oh yeah. I, I'm really, really um inspired by all of the 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 um not delicate's not the word I want, the 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 detail and the personalization with with you've come up with these ideas for helping women support each other. Well, we want actually the whole world, not just women to listen to women. And so the next Her Coffee event will be on March 22nd, 2022. Nice. So easy to remember. We do it in March for International Women's Day and uh-huh. it's the 22nd of 2022. So I'll make yeah. sure um, I, w- I want someone to listen to you for 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people listen to you all the time, but as part of that initiative, we've had some interest from some UN organizations and some companies as well. So we're hoping mm-hmm. that that will really grow. It's very easy to do. Mm-hmm. to take a, take a coffee break in a, in a conscious way. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you care a lot about meaningful networking. This is so obvious to me. And that in your workshops, you've been known to encourage others to team up to act or rather to achieve networking results. And since this podcast called Partner Up, in your opinion, what are some of the do's and the don'ts for meaningful networking? Well, I think in meaningful networking, there has to be a human connection of some kind. Okay. And um, so because because Michelle and I have worked with artists and um, sensitive people, and also we've worked with a lot of PhD students in physics, Mm -hmm. they're not necessarily motivated or the most extroverted networkers. Mm -hmm. So we have different methods that... um, 
involve challenges. Like I, I really always encourage people to find one person for each of the sustainable development goals to have in their network, somebody wow. who's obsessed with that goal. Because yeah. I, of course, I care about the oceans, but it's not my main focus. Right. And so having a woman in my network who's created a foundation to remove plastics from the oceans is so enriching for me because she's, right. she's got the content. She's got the fire and the passion about it. And so doing that around all of the sustainable development goals creates consciousness among leaders and managers who seem, you know, they're too busy. Of course, everybody's too busy to do research on all the, all these things. Right. So, so say, hey, I'm going to get myself a handful of experts. And also I encourage people in sports to not just go to the obvious, any sport that you're interested in, try to connect with an equal number of men and women mm -hmm. working in that sport, those kinds of challenges. And I find that smart people respond really well to that instead of thinking, I hate networking. I don't know how to do it because it's so nice to write someone and say, hey, I see that you really are passionate about this goal, the sustainable right. development goal. Can I follow you, please? Can we connect? It makes it moves it from superficial to meaningful. Right. And it honors, yeah. it says, I see you. I see you yeah. care about this cause. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that uh, I I have always been passionate about diversity and inclusion everywhere, not mm -hmm. specializing. But mm -hmm. because of the TEDx talk, I now have a lot of diversity and inclusion people in my network. Uh -huh. um, and it's so enriching because I'm learning so much at an accelerated pace now and getting information oh, wow. about articles. And yeah, so so just kind of stepping outside the narrow box of your career and, mm -hmm. and, and seeing wh where you can go is a fun way to increase your meaningful networking. I have mm -hmm. some kind of a, a group of C words to help okay, for connecting. Good. So there's context. There needs to be a context. You can't just randomly connect with people. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there needs to be care. Um, can you collaborate? What can you create and recognize the creativity? And I'm a big believer in compliments. Yep. <laughs> meaningful compliments. Yep. Agreed. Meaning, meaningless compliments hurt us over time, actually, research shows, but uh, just, yeah, meaningful yeah. compliments. And yeah. uh, and people like to be complimented for what they their causes, the books they read, the right. posts they write, the right. achievements they've made. It's so easy now, yeah. um, especially with LinkedIn, to just say, wow. Yeah. It's a different way to show, to say, I see you. Yeah. You, you have value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm really, it's important to me that we see women for their work and their ideas, their yeah. contribution, not just for how they look. Yeah. Um, the book that I mentioned before the break, the name popped back to, into my mind. Oh, good. And I think it really speaks to the diversity piece. It call, it's called Quiet. Oh, I've heard of that. I haven't read yeah. it yet. Yeah, great. It, my dentist uh, offered it to me and he's a very introverted and, and it was just lovely for, to connect with my dentist on a topic like that. Beautiful. So, yeah. So I, um, I can recommend that definitely to you Thank for you us so extroverts. Much. It's really good. <laughs> so, um, you've created this online self-coaching system. It's called the integrity system for the listeners. And I have several questions. Okay. What is it exactly? <laughs> Why did you create it? And what do you mean by self-coaching? So we, we actually created it because of my community leading. We had too much demand and, and lots of people who couldn't afford coaching. Mm. So it's a very reasonably priced program. It's evergreen. You buy it. You don't get it drip fed. You get it all. And mm. you set the time. Uh, you're, you're, there's 12 kind of sections and you can do it mm. in 12 weeks, 12 months, 12 days. You do what mm. you want. It's a reusable tool and a decision-making tool. So the first time you go through it, you kind of learn the system 
And so you can pick a, a medium-sized goal maybe to use it on, and then you can use it for bigger challenges. Or f- honestly, if I have to make a decision, I'm so used to using that, that system. It's a system of 10 questions uh-huh. that sometimes I will sit down and, and scribble some notes for 15 minutes and get clarity on an issue. Um, so why we made it is, uh, we, maybe we read the tea leaves. We, it launched in 2019. We thought, oh, we need something digital because the community was growing faster. We were just quite fine with our word of mouth business with our coaching and consulting, because we're, we live in this area with these talented people and it was just, it was going fine, but we had, I hate saying no, I I am naturally inclusive. I like to invite everyone to the party. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so that was kind of how it was born. And Mm -hmm. now, now it has grown into, uh, we're doing a full guided program starting January 17th with that system and adding in the live coaching. Wow. Yeah. And um, this is. The, the program you're launching is called Integrity Works. And then, as you said, it leverages the integrity system. Yes. Um, and the added benefit, if I'm understanding correct, correctly, is that there's the group coaching, right. live deep dive sessions and live coaching. Um, so tw- twice a week we'll be together. There'll be a survey so people can express tell those stories, ask those questions, answer a few survey questions that we can then present in aggregated data so people can know how how others are doing and kind of benchmark themselves without revealing, you know, themselves to to, to an entire group. Um, only if they want to, that we, we will have hot seat coaching for people who want it. Who want, that hot seat coaching is when somebody says, I have a question and we do the live coaching and everybody in the group benefits. Yeah. But they will have the, the participants in that cohort will have the integrity system, the entire system from day one. Uh-huh. because it comes together yeah. that way after the 12 weeks are over, they have the system to use for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And so that oh, is fantastic. It. Yeah. And we're it, excited. I, I also suspect that, you know, as you said, you have these 10 questions that it might be something that almost you start to like have a, um, you're able to hold on to those questions. So you can sort of do a checklist whenever an issue comes up. So it doesn't even have to be a formal sit down and all the time, all the time. It's a lot like your, your different methods for communications in your book Mm -hmm. where you could say, Oh, I need to pretend not to notice right now. Like Mm -hmm. some of the things that you have one, Mm -hmm. one of our questions is about halves. What do I have? So we not acknowledge, Oh, I have most of the resources I need here. I just need to go get one thing. And what do I need in this situation? What are my values? Mm-hmm. Um, who's on my team that the kinds of questions that can really get you unstuck. Yeah. And, um, it's not just unstuck though, because there's that pain relief element of coaching, but then there's the injection of joy <laughs> and the, and the motivation and getting activated. I call my business partner an activator coach because people can't spend five minutes with her. They're already doing something because she's so, she's very motivating. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that having a system to snap out of it when we are in a stuck place, thinking the same thought over and over again, um, feeling the, like, I can't figure this out. I don't know what a solution is. Having questions and asking yourself questions yeah. is a really great habit. And that's what we're talking about with self-coaching. Um, okay. I talk about also like a gas dial and a car. So you have an empty tank all the way up to full. Mm-hmm. And I think some people have a negative tank. They have negative inner voices. So, yeah. okay. You remove those negative voices. You still got nothing. <laughs> so I say, well, then just temporarily 
curate and choose what voices you're going to put in there. Who, what authors inspire you? What mm-hmm. TED Talks inspire you? What people? Wh- what favorite relatives, even if they're, they've passed on? Mm-hmm. Let's put their voices in. Start to build your own inner voice. Mm-hmm. Get your coach's voices in there. Use our voices until yours is stronger, stronger, stronger. And then you, you need more from yourself. That's where after you get here to the halfway point is when the questions kick in. Once you start, that's a, gen, a whole new generation of creativity because you're generating new information from yourself. When you ask yourself key questions that are not overly complex, what do I need in this no. situation is not a complex question, No, but it can create, oh, oh, I need these 10 things. I might need time or resources to access that. And then I don't have to feel bad about my slow progress here. I need some stuff. And so one of the, I have a good friend, um, Rebecca Self, who has, she's just a wealth of knowledge. And one of my favorite mantras that I quote from her is, it's better to know what's so. Yes. And so these questions, although I'm sure they're, they go much deeper and everything, though, what you're doing is you're helping the coachee understand what's so. And when we can see it laid out, even if there's maybe some really bad news or a big gap, at least you know. So you've moved from the unknown sort of panic to, a, okay, this is the reality. There's some good yeah. news and there's some bad news. Oh, and, I, but it's not bad news. It's a shopping list. <laughs> you yes. want to, you want to learn piano? You got to go get a piano. Like yeah. that's exciting. Um, but I totally agree. And that knowing what is so it's very beautifully said that's consciousness. That's conscious, mm. being conscious of the situation. And, and that's just information, yeah. positive, negative feedback, what stuff is missing. That's okay. It also frees people to not be so hard on themselves. People yeah. are so self-critical. And if they do an analysis like that, that's just one part of the integrity system, but it's an easy one to explain quickly. If you do an analysis like that, you can say, oh, well, all these other people had the benefit of two years of education that I haven't had yet. Um, or courses paid for by their employer that I have to pay for by myself. Of course, it's going to take me a bit longer. Right. Having some self-compassion, having some milestones, having, um, yeah, that, the, that waking up, waking up to the possibilities and not, not kind of just going through unconscious of the situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's pain with consciousness sometimes, yeah. but it, the ultimate result is usually very positive. Do you have um, uh, one or two stories of client success stories um, that you would like to share? Always. Um, I think that, well, there's there's 13 case studies in the integrity system, so you can <laughs> listen to all of those. Um, I, I, I don't like to give away client confidentiality. Of course. But um, I would say I'm thinking of a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the, the pandemic has been really hard on people and really stressful. Mm-hmm. And it has put forth this digital universe where um, people are feeling lost, unskilled, uneasy, left out. Yeah. And, um, and I'm thinking of the kind of work that happened there that really brought that person forward, um, helped music to be heard helped with uh, self, it's self-worth stuff mm-hmm. um, because, it, and it's unfair too at, for an artist because the self-worth work that goes into creating songs is so deep, yeah. but then to, and, and that theme is coming up um, 
Michelle and I recently participated as partners of the Women in Film Festival in Zurich. Uh-huh. And we did a workshop on visibility. And this this woman keeps coming back to me. She won the Nobel Prize for Physics, Donna Strickland, in 2018. Wow. She wasn't even a full professor. So, so the Women in Film Festival, these are world-class films. And they're not known. They're made by women directors, women cinematographers. They're about women's stories. Then you have this Nobel Prize winning physicist for her work with pulse lasers. Mm-hmm. I really want to say this because we were so clear that, oh, in those countries over there, they're really treating women badly. This was a professor in Canada, <laughs> a country I deeply admire and love. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> so 2018, she's not a tenured professor. She's not, she's like, has an assistant professor title. She's doing Nobel prize worthy work. The filmmakers who are highlighted in the women in film festival in Zurich this year, world-class work. Right. And so I think that it's an unfair burden on those who are less seen in the dominant culture, any, any minority, anybody who has you know, been oppressed in any way. But it's this visibility challenge that has, we have a huge opportunity with social media and the internet now to change mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, we've got to work on the algorithms and the AI because we'll just replicate the same bad stuff if right. we're not right. careful. Right. So I, I would say that in recent success stories have to do with that particular thing. Using the integrity system where we talk about values and why are you doing this thing that yeah. you want to do, using that to connect people to this need to work hard on the visibility and to stop stopping with the work. We, we tend to think, I did this great work. It's done. The work will stand for itself. People will see it. People will care. And they will care if they see it, but we now have this added burden that we need to put it in front of people. We need to put our work out there. We need to stand by our work so passionately. So no more wasting time. Only do work that you really are going to hustle for afterwards. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, that that is happening. With our clients, we are we are seeing our clients get famous, get seen, their work get appreciated uh, more and mm. more. There's work to be done, um, but I think through coaching and for me personally, it's this the integrity system. I use it <laughs> if I can connect on a deep level. And and my mantra from the integrity system. So we have the values question is the very first question, and my yeah. mantra is my values are stronger than my issues. My so values when, are stronger than stronger my issues and my mm-hmm. issues. So whenever mm-hmm. I'm too tired, too demotivated, too scared, too insecure mm-hmm. to show up, to really show up as much yeah. as I can. Yeah. I just say that mantra and it flips a little bit for me. And that is what we're transmitting to our clients through the system so that they get to be themselves and do their work and not waste. There's no time to waste on stuff. That's not really what you're yeah. meant to do. Yeah. And, and exactly. that is, that is how the process is working with our, with our clients today. Oh gosh. Isn't that amazing how that came out of being too busy and yeah. what is produced as a result. That's gorgeous. Or tired or insecure. Mm-hmm. Like we've got it all. Everybody has that too, too busy, too tired, too insecure, mm-hmm. afraid to put it out there mm-hmm. Yeah, we can all harness that energy and transform it. Mm-hmm. To to an easier, lighter, better flow, and then more, more and more comes mm-hmm. too, which is great. You know, Denise, um, we're just starting to wrap up the show now, and I've I've really enjoyed listening to you, and uh, I feel myself energized by the work you're doing, and you both, you and Michelle, and as a a way to wrap up, I I'd like to ask you um, to offer 
a call for action to the listeners. It could be something you've already talked about. It could be something brand new. And I know we didn't really get to talk too much about bringing um, how you encourage others to live for, you know, you live partner in their lives personally and professionally in their development. Um, so if you want to weave that in, feel free. I'd like to just hear your, your last words of oh, wisdom. Oh, I have, I have so many. I would say um, <laughs> participate in her coffee on March 22nd. I would say read, read Amy's book. Oh, thank because, you. Yeah, because if you're in sticky communication situations, she's got some easy outs that, that will help you feel better. I think everyone needs a coach. Um, two kinds of high performing people get coaches. They've never had a coach because they were so talented that they rise up and then they're totally alone in, in a crisis or people who've had coaching their whole lives. <laughs> so the, the answer is learn how to do it for yourself. Yeah. Learn coaching methodologies. Um, I, that's definitely one of my call to actions. Um know your power, know your privilege and use it. Yeah, um, yeah. And by doing so, we can fill that gap, the mental health gap that we're experiencing in the world today. Um, there is something in between uh, denial and a psychiatric hospital, and we <laughs> can take responsibility for that. There are proven techniques. There are ways to, to improve our emotional state. We can calibrate we can, we can use self-coaching. There's all kinds of techniques out there. All you have to do is just reach for them or ask for them and they will appear. Yes. Um, don't be afraid to network shy or not. And uh, yeah, just decide it for yourself. How can I bring diversity and inclusion to my own life? If we all start doing it, it won't need to be a separate club or department or some kind of campaign. Yeah. that a small group of people want, we can invite everybody in yeah. and te teach somebody in your entourage who's older than you how to get more involved in digital spaces because mm. COVID's still with us and uh, right. isolation, we're, we're human beings, we're meant to connect, yeah. connect, yeah. connect, connect. Denise, uh, I meant to ask you earlier when, when we were talking about your program that's launching January 17th, are there any spots left? Yes. Yes, okay, we good. have spots left okay. and we'll, we'll change our technology if it fills up We're we're, okay, great. we're really open. We want to, um, we want to get everybody on a positive path for 2022. Excellent. Yeah. So that would be, well, join us. We'd love to have you. So knowing that listeners definitely go check out Denise's website, salt consulting, that's S A L T dot consulting. And that's my first call for action. My second call for action is Feel free to send me your communication conundrums, clashes, challenges, mishaps, blunders, and successes via email or social media, and I will discuss them on future shows. Now, right. lastly, yeah, right? I always appreciate people's um, successes and challenges. Be sure to switch on, tune in, listen up, and be inspired by tuning in for the next two weeks over the holiday period. Normally, uh, we play, we do a replay. So on the week after next, so let me think, this is going to be uh, January, no, December 24th. I am going to be replaying an episode I did with Kristen Envig, who is the um the inspirational, oh no, her topic was inspirational leadership for global contribution. So you're going to want to check that out. And on the following date, I want to say it's um, December 31st, you can hear an, another replay of Upgrade Your Executive Presence for Greater Authenticity featuring the lovely Akim Nowak. So check those out. You can also check my website for more information, carolcoaching.com or connect with me on social media, Amy Carol Coaching.
And finally, if you're game for more, I'm going to be hopping over to Facebook Live five minutes past the hour today on a short chat from our call. Denise, thank you. It's been a wonderful conversation. Oh, thank you so much. And happy holidays, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, listeners. You've been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Happy partnering, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember, make your partner look good.